if you would, turn in your Bibles to Jonah chapter, not Jonah, Joshua chapter 7. And when you have found it, please stand in honor of the sufficient, inerrant, inspired word of our living God. I'm going to be reading from Joshua chapter 7, verses 1 to 12. So please, would you stand? And I remind you, as I read these words... It is like hearing the voice of our living God, and we dare not deafen our ears to it. Joshua chapter 7, verses 1 through 12. But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things of Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Zadbi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, who took some of the devoted things, and the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Joshua sent men from Jericho and to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, east of Bethel, and said to them, go up and spy out the land. And the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, do not have all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not make the whole people toil up there, for they are few. So about three thousand men went up from the people, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about 36 of the men and chased them before the gate as far as Shabirim and struck them at the the descent. And the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God. Why have you brought this people over to the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? What that, would that have been content to dwell beyond the Jordan? O oh Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut us off from your name from the earth. And what will you do? For your great name. The Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I have commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have been, become devoted for their destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the things devoted from among you. Will you pray with me one more time? Father, give us your spirit to be at work and speak to us by your words. Father, may these words not flow over us. May we not just hear them and then have they no effect in our lives. But let this change us individually and us as a body, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Please take a seat and have that passage open in front of you. I don't know if you've ever had the situation before in your life when you realize you're about to get caught for doing something wrong. My wife, Stacy, and I, um, when we first got married, we were uh, people that loved the, the series The West Wing. And... Um, we got um, borrowed the DVD series from uh, friends in the church we were at in East London. And this was one of those TV shows where you get addicted to it. And because we had it on DVD, 
We'd watch one episode and then another and then another and then another until you end up going, dear, it's one o'clock in the morning. We really should get some sleep. But there was one time when I kind of was in the house by myself. Stacey was out and I put one of the DVDs on. But we'd already made this pact. Don't you dare watch one of these stories uh, without me. Don't you dare do it. And then Stacy, while she was out, I, I heard her come back early and the, the, the keys were in the door. So I quickly jump up, turn off the DVD player and turn on the TV to, to watch Shocker or something else instead. And she comes in and, and she says, what are you doing? I'm just watching TV, dear. But there it was, the case, the West Wing case without the DVD in it. And that look. And then you watched it without me. And it was that kind of thing of you've broken the promise, you've broken the pact. You, you, you've betrayed me. We had this thing of wanting to watch this together. And there you are trying to hide it. And Stacey knows that in our house, I hate deceit. And so for me to, for, to do that was a big deal. And I use that as kind of a humorous illustration as we start off. Because this passage hits like a hammer, doesn't it? Perhaps even bigger than that, like a, a sledgehammer or one of those balls on a huge crane that comes and just demolishes us. See, what this passage is supposed to do for us is to teach us that we cannot hide from God, and therefore we should fear God. We cannot hide from God, and therefore we should fear God and always be obeying His commands. I remember when Stacy and I were living in East London, and I got off the tube one time, and I was asked by my next-door neighbor, do you want to share a taxi from the tube station, the subway station, back to the house? And I said, no, I needed to walk. I had some things on my mind it would have been a bad day, and I wanted to walk home. But then I got out of the tube station, and there was the hustle and bustle, and then as people kind of divide off as to walking back to their homes in London, I walked down one of these back streets. And then I had that eerie feeling of thinking, I'm the only person on this street. And I walked a bit further, and there was a little nook in the alleyway, and somebody was standing there. And I walked a bit further, and I realized he turned to stand behind me. And I walked a bit further to see three or four young men just coming up in front of me. And London is one of those places where teenagers have no parent authority and they are out just to live by themselves and they have knives in their pockets. And every day you'll hear somebody in the news that's been stabbed or been killed. I don't know if you've ever had that fear, that fear of this is it, I'm about to die, I'm about to be killed, I'm about to be stabbed, and I was surrounded by these men. And what they did is one of them came up to me and grabbed me. I think it might have even been this it might have even been this, this suit I was wearing because I'd just come back from work. And I had it unbuttoned, and I only knew one thing to do, to let him come close, grab hold of me, and I just took off. If it had been the Olympics, I'd have run the 100-meter gold medal at that point. But I don't know if you've known that fear, that fear of curdling of death, that fear of this is the end. I want us to have that fear as we look at this passage you see, this is a strange event in the history of Israel in the story of Joshua. In every other example of battle of when God's people have gone out, they have had victory. They've had victory because they've done it God's way and they've prayed for the Lord to give them the hand of victory in every single battle that happens. But here, against Ai, against these people whom they look at and go, they are nothing, we don't even have to send the whole army out, they are defeated. They are defeated and have to turn and run back. And 36 men die. 36 men die because there was no preparation of prayer. 
There was no obedience to the commands of God. And there was a selfish, sinful heart working its way through some of these men that affected the all. Just look with me in verse 1. At chapter 7. But the people of Israel broke faith in regards to the devoted things. In other words, they had been told every time you go in, into battle and you plunder the city or plunder the town or plunder the country, leave most things to burn. But anything you take, it's the Lord's. It's to be used for the worship of the Lord. Nothing is yours. But what has basically happened is Joshua sent these men out, verse 3, to the place of Ai. And they go up and they spy out on the lands. And the men come back and they said, you don't have to bother with the whole army this time. You don't have to bother with everybody. You just need to send about 3,000 people out. And that'll be fine. And so what happens is, is apathy begins to creep in to the people of God. Apathy begins to creep in. And rather than the, the leaders of Israel being men of prayer and asking for the Lord's hand in prayer, they just send them out before breakfast time. If you read the accounts before and after this, they're sent out and some of them don't even say goodbye to their families. And they just go out thinking, we're going to be fine. It would be a bit like whatever the greatest team in the world is. Somebody give me their favorite team. Which one? The Gators. Okay, the Florida Gators, when they had Tim Tebow coming up against, sorry, shorter students, shorter college, okay? The Gators wouldn't even think twice about thinking they were going to win that game, would they? They might even put out their second string team or their third string team. Well, this is what happens. The people of Israel become confident, not in the Lord's or in prayer, but in their flesh. And they sing out their third string team. They don't cover them in prayer. They don't talk about the commands or being devoted to the Lord's. And what happens is these men come running back. And they give the report of 36 of them being killed. And you notice what happens in verse 6. Joshua is stricken with grief. And I think this is the grief that comes out of the guilt that Satan gives you. It comes out of the grief of when you know that you've come into this circumstance or this situation because you have not been faithful to the Lord, because you've lived in the flesh, because you've become apathetic, because you've given up on the power of prayer. And so as he falls down face flat before the ark of the Lord, do you remember last time when we talked about prayer and God does this? That's what's happening. There is sin that becomes ripe, and it has cut off the ears of the Lord. And so rather than, than what's happening here with Joshua asking these questions of, what's going to happen to your name, Lord? Why did you let this happen, Lord? Why have we become destroyed, Lord? Our reputation is nothing, Lord. When you look at verse 10 and what God says, he does something very strange, and he says, get up, get up. He's commanding him to stop praying. I don't think there's many other places in Scripture you'll find God telling somebody to stop praying. And he sees why, asks him, why have you fallen on your face? And he tells him what's happened. He tells him that Israel has sinned, that they've transgressed against the covenant. They've broken God's commandments. And look what's happened in their hearts, verse 11. Some of them, some of them in their heart have lied and devoted themselves to the belongings. In other words, for the whole of the people of Israel, verse 12, they are going to be punished because of the sins of a few. 
You are no longer going to have my presence with you, says God, and your enemies are going to have victory over you. Now, as I wrap this up and we, we come into this and thinking about where we are with Fifth Avenue, this is how this works for us. Here in Fifth Avenue, we've sung songs today of telling the good news. I guarantee you that 95% of you can tell me the great commandments and the great commission. But I guarantee you, and I include myself in this, that 95% of us fail at trying to do the great commandment and the great commission. We know what God has called us to. We say that we have claimed salvation from Jesus Christ, washing us clean by his blood. We say that we claim his body being broken so that we don't get the wrath of God on our shoulders when we meet him in judgment. But yet, when I look at my life, I have stolen from God. I have devoted the things of my time, my treasures, my bank accounts, my home, the possessions I have, the gifting that God has given me. And I've just been exactly like these few men who have plundered things and taken them from them for himself made themselves more comfortable rather than giving them back to God. And what these men try and do, if you keep on reading, is they try and hide. They think they can get away with it. They think that their apathy is not going to be noticed by God. They think that their lack of prayer is not going to be noticed by God. They think that their lack of obeying God's commandments is not going to be noticed by God. They think they're going to get away with it. But look with me at what happens in verse 12. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot still stand before their enemies. They turn their back before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. And I will be with you no more. I don't want us to to hear this sermon and go, when I look at my life, I see that it is not like the New Testament. I see that from the oldest to the youngest, we have made excuses about not devoting to the Lord what he's called us to do, which is to obey the great commandment and the great commission. But look what we are to do in verse 12. I will be with you no more. And here is the grace of the Lord. Here is the mercy of the Lord. Unless you destroy the things devoted from among you. In other words, Fifth Avenue, if we want to have any success against the enemy that is Satan, against the enemy that is sin, against the enemy that is people that are lost and that need to hear the gospel and need the spirit broken into their lives so they hear the gospel... That is not going to happen until we confess our sins to God, until we crush our idols before God, until we say to God, it is all yours. It is not going to happen. It is not going to happen even if there is just one or two of us in here that are doing that. Even if it's just one or two of us thinking, everybody else can go and do that, but I'm not. Jesus tells us to take up our cross and follow him, to devote our life to him. Most of us put on our slippers and sit down in front of the TV. Fifth Avenue, we need to crush our idols. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what is your idol, what it is you need to crush, and what it is you've taken for yourself that you need to give to God. It might be your time. It might be the giftings, your talents. It might be your treasures, like your bank account or your possessions. But you need to take them and say, God, they are yours. We are not going to see success in seeing the gospel going out to Roman Floyd County unless we destroy everything that we've taken to ourselves as an idol or unless we destroy saying that we are going to trust in our flesh. We need to be people of prayer, people trusting in the commands of God, people being passionate about living for him. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to ask Brother Todd to come up. 
I want us to hear his testimony and say, Lord, tell me what you want to hear. Just make that your prayer in your heart as you listen to Todd uh, as we talk in a second. But I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask Todd to come up. Father, I pray that in this short message that, Lord, you would bless us with hearing your words. And, Father, that you would bless us as we hear the testimony of a believer. Father, that you would cause our hearts to not be weak but be strong in the spirit to crush our idols, and to destroy anything we've devoted to ourselves rather than devoting to you. Father, bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.